Well, hey there. What's going on, mind-body musingers? It's your host, Madeline Moon, and happy spring. Today's episode is with Miss Kendra Kunov. Oh, my dear goodness, this woman. She is exceptional in every way of her teachings. She's the founder of Fierce Grace, Practices of Embodied Wholeness for Women, and she has been studying, facilitating, and most importantly, practicing authentic relating, embodiment practices, and deep intimacy work for the last 15 years. Kendra has worked with thousands of men, women, and couples in the areas of embodiment, intimacy, communication, and full self-expression. She co-founded Authentic World as well as the Embodied Relationship and Intimacy Training Salon and pioneered some of the most cutting-edge relation work on the planet. She works with organizations and leaders as well as men, women, and couples who know that presence, truth, connection, and integrity are our truest access points to success, both in business and in love. Kendra, 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 I am so excited to be sharing this episode with all of you musingers out there today because Kendra is someone that I feel we are really, really, really lucky to learn about. Really blessed to learn about her because she has so much beautiful insight and wisdom. And I know I'm just gushing over her, but when I find someone I really connect with and I really love their work, I gush about them, okay? And so she's a woman worth gushing over. So Stick around. You do not want to miss this. We will get right on into it very quickly. But first, we have two things to share. First is the review of the week. And this comes from Allison Lady Boss Share. And she says, excellent podcast with five stars. Anyone who's looking to be their best self will benefit from the wisdom of Maddie Moon. This show is candid and hopeful. Thank you so much, Allison. And thank you to everyone who has ever left a review on this show. If you haven't yet left a review, that is a wonderful way to help the podcast because reviews are basically like the iTunes currency. The more you have, the more positive five-star ones you have, the higher you are ranked on iTunes. And that's a great way to reach a bigger audience, reach more people, change more lives. So that would be a wonderful free way to support the show or to simply send your favorite episode to a friend. All right, last thing is a warm, warm welcome and shout out to the show's sponsor, FabFitFun. If you don't already know about FabFitFun and you didn't hear last week's episode, it is a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products, each one having a value of over $200, but it retails for only $49.99. And if you want to try it out, you can use the coupon code MINDBODY, all caps, all one word, for $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. The box has products like Free People Eye Mask, Beauty and skincare products from Kate Somerville, and Tarte, which I love, like one of my favorite makeup brands is Tarte, and Aisha Curry, and that's just the beginning of it. So if you don't want to miss out, know that they sell out fast. Their summer box is like the coolest thing since sliced bread. And for all of you people who don't eat gluten, it's the coolest thing since gluten-free sliced bread. I don't know. Sweet potato fries. I don't know. It's really cool. So you want to check this out. You can go to their website, fabfitfun.com to see what kind of goodies they typically have in their box. Trust me, it's just like having Christmas, but a few times a year. It's worth it. It's awesome. They're a show sponsor for a reason. I am kind of a minimalist, but when I find something I really like, products I really like, I like to have them and I like to have them as a surprise because I can trust the company. So check it on out. Okay, that is all that we have to share for the review of the week and the show sponsor. So now let's go head on over and hear the wise wisdom from Kendra. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life 
life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. What up, tribe? Welcome back. We're here for episode 204 with Ms. Kendra Kunov, and I'm so excited to be speaking with her. She is someone that I heard about would say maybe like four months ago, I posted some sort of question on my Facebook about who are some really impactful feminine essence, masculine embodiment teachers, and I heard her name, and I ignored the calling. And so then I posted another question similar to that, maybe a couple weeks later, I got her name again. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this Kendra woman? I need to check her out. And after deep diving into her videos, her blog posts, her courses, her programs, interviews, I fell in love. So here we are with Miss Kendra. I am so excited to dive deep today. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. Mm, thank you so much. That was really fun to hear. <laughs> I don't know if I quite knew exactly how all that went, and but that was really fun to hear. Thank you. <laughs> it's always a little surprise. I like mm-hmm. to let people know how I find my guests, like at the beginning, without normally telling my guests how I discovered them, but. I find that it's, for me to, you know how it's like with getting so much information, you're absorbing books, you're listening to podcasts, and sometimes you really have to slow down and be selective on who you're letting in, because if you're letting in too many people, you lose touch with your truth and yourself, your voice. Yes. And so I've been very selective about it, and um, I will say that you are one of those people where I'm like totally there's no, no, I want all of it. I want to absorb all of it. (laughs) Give it to me. I love it all. You're genius and brilliant. And yeah, I feel like my audience and me, we're all really lucky to have you today. Mm, Thank you so much. You are welcome. So the first thing I always want to ask is to get a little bit of background, a little bit of insight to your journey thus far. And I'm intrigued to hear how you got interested in this femininity, the masculinity, this kind of work, what led you to this point here today as, as brief, as short, or as long as you'd like this story to be? Cool. Well, and feel free to interject at any point, either if I'm going on too long or it seems like one part is, you know, the most interesting piece we should stay on. Um, but I, there has been a bit of a winding path. I certainly didn't set out in this, with this intention. Um, the first, as soon as you ask that question, and this is a little bit separate from specifically the man, woman, and the masculine, feminine piece, but there was a really pivotal moment for me when I was about, I think I was 19 years old, and at that time I was living in a Buddhist monastery, and I had gone there basically because I was miserable in college, and I, so I was, anyway, I was living in this Buddhist monastery here in California, and I was, uh, it was really early in the morning, it was dark out, and I was watching everyone come to the meditation hall, and I was sort of watching some of the dynamics that played out, and there was this beginning of a percolation that was something like, here are all these people who are explicitly committed to awakening, in some form, right, personal growth, whatever they call it that. We were meditating, you know, hours and hours a day. And and yet there's still all of these odd interpersonal dynamics at play. And we're not really talking about them. And what is that? And that, I think, is one of the, um, even though it was somewhat unconscious, even after having that thought, it was one of the driving forces that really led me to leaving the monastery and it led me to getting involved in kinds of personal growth that were specifically oriented towards relational dynamics. And it led me to creating a company with my ex-husband that was specifically about authentic relating and actually looking at 
the dynamics between people as another form of meditation. Like there's solo meditation, and then there's this, this way we can bring our attention to what's actually happening between us as another form of meditation or another spiritual practice. Okay. So you're saying that authentic relating is a form of meditation. Uh, well, there's definitely a way to approach it like that. And that was definitely part of our conversation as we were founding uh, Authentic World and as we were getting involved. It was like, what is these ways that you might relate to solo meditation and probably your listeners as well. Like we sit down and we bring a certain kind of focus and the idea is also non-judgment, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all about uh, my own thoughts and my own experiences and my own, you know, and then it's, and then it's like, well, how would I do that with another person? Mm-hmm. Mm. And to, so, so there's a couple things from that. One is that just is what led me on this path, which ultimately I studied with David Data for a period of time. I studied with a teacher named Sophia Diaz, uh, who did a lot of women's embodiment work. Anyway, I studied with a number of teachers and I followed along. And so to me, then the pieces that were specifically about the masculine and the feminine and the interplay between men and women and intimate relationship all came from that. Mm. But inside of that, I think I still have this overarching sense of, can we bring that same non-judgmental mind that we would intend to bring to our solo meditation? Can we bring that into our... Uh, relational dynamics as well. Okay, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> so, wait how how do you find that? Oh man. Okay, so we could take a step back because we can go deeper into this authentic relating that you're talking about. And and some people listening might be like, "What the heck are you talking about?" So we can uh-huh. touch on because <laughs> I I am even a little bit. We have a lot of authentic relating circles in Boulder, but I've never joined one. So even I'm a little bit fuzzy around this. So maybe that's a good place to start, and then we can talk a little bit around how we can create these non-judgmental relationships, as if we would with our meditation practice with others, because whoa, that mm-hmm. sounds totally like big and I am so lost there. So I'm very interested to hear how we do this. Okay. But what is authentic relating? Mm-hmm. That's so great. Um, so again, it can be many things and, and it is, I mean, as a practice, kind of as a phrase, authentic relating, it's absolutely something that's happening all over the world now. And it's going to be a little different no matter where you go. The way that I would define that is, um, well, there's a there's an agreement that we used to make when we were originally teaching, and I don't actually teach specifically authentic relating anymore, although I bring it into everything that I do. Um, but when we used to teach specifically authentic relating, and we would talk about hide nothing, and then we we made a distinction that hide nothing didn't mean share everything. (laughs) And so I think this is actually one of the tension points that happens sometimes when people start to get authentic or get real or, you know, want to have authentic relating is like, oh, well, now I'm just supposed to say everything that comes to my mind, whether it's completely mundane, like what I had for breakfast, or it's kind of rude, like I think those pants look bad on you, you know, (laughs) and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, that's not actually the point. (laughs) The point is more to create the space between people where we're not hiding things. And to some extent that's specific, like often there's actual content that we think like, well, I can't say this to this person or they don't wanna talk about these kind of feelings or um, I can't do that here, right? Like I can't be real with the people at work or I can't share my sexuality with my parents or I can't, you know, there's all these things we think like, well, this isn't, this it won't be welcome here. But often it's more global than that, and that very unconsciously we decide uh, no one wants to see my sadness, mm-hmm. or it's not okay that I, you know, feel this way. And we start to, um, would be a, I mean, hide is certainly one word, but it's like we start to truncate parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm only allowed to be happy here. I'm not allowed to be too happy here. I'm only allowed to, you know, and and often. And it's not to say that this is never true, but often we basically blame it on other people. Well, they'll be uncomfortable if I do this, or they won't like it if I say this, 
or this, I wouldn't want to upset this person by saying this. And ultimately that becomes just a way of not taking responsibility for deciding how much of ourselves we're going to bring to any interaction. Absolutely. And it's funny that we're talking about this because maybe not funny, but it's interesting that we're talking about this because I have been talking about this topic of showing your emotions or sharing your emotions, mostly in a relationship, like romantic relationship aspect. But like what you're saying, this can be on a much bigger scale, even with parents, with our coworkers, not just the people we're dating. But since this is kind of the direction we're going, and I'll bring this up, that I have worked with clients, and I've even noticed within myself in the past of doing all this growing, this personal development, feeling the feels, going to those places, all on your own. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is what you were talking about earlier, is like in your meditation practice, but maybe just being in, in your apartment by yourself, like you can feel the feels and you're not, you're working through the judgments. And then another person enters and you're back into dating. And then all of a sudden you're boarding up the windows again. And you're afraid, you're like, it's cool for me to feel this deep sadness about this family trauma that I've experienced, but I can't talk about it. I can't mm-hmm. share it. Or it's okay for me to feel jealous at times because that's a human emotion, but I can't talk about it and I right. can't share it because he can't handle it. So yeah. making the assumption that the person that is sitting in front of you cannot handle all of you. What do you have to say about that? Well, there's a lot of different pieces there, but I love that you brought up jealousy at the end because it actually reminded me um, of, so there's this two, and I'll try to keep them short, but there's two related stories with my my current partner and one was a while back and he's super sporty. Like he's just so much more sporty than I am. (laughs) And so he ends up doing things like rock climbing and mountain biking with other people because I don't want to do them all the time. And he was telling me, he was like, Oh yeah, I was mountain biking. I don't know. So-and-so we'll just call her Sarah. And, um, and I caught this little like flare of jealousy inside myself. And my rational mind was like, it's totally fine. You don't even want to be mountain biking with him. It's a good thing that he's going with someone else. But that was kind of me just trying to suppress it, right? Because I don't want to feel that way. And I want to be seen as the jealous girl. And can he handle it like this whole thing? And then, and then of course, there's the other side, which is like, I could just blow up about it and be like, why are you going with Sarah? You know, that's like, this is horrible. You don't love me. Those are just poles. But somewhere in the middle... I caught myself and I turned to him and I was like, okay, so here's what I would love. So I'd love to be able to say to you, like, oh my God, I hate that bitch, Sarah. I hope I can swear. Um, (laughs) I wish she'd she'd die. And then you just turn to me and you say like, oh, you're so sexy when you're jealous. And then we can be done with it. Can we just do that? (laughs) And he looked at me like I was kind of crazy, but he's like, okay. And then, um, so that was in a moment of me sharing it, but also giving a framework where I could express it and he could meet it and we didn't have to process for a long time. How do you know that though? Sorry. How do I, well, that's just taken, that's just like years of sort of. Okay. So you figured out before that's how you like to do things. Yeah. And it might not be every single time, but there's sort of like, like with jealousy, especially like, I mean, that's like one of those real hot emotions. Right. You know, if there's something to work out, like, wow, you're really spending a lot of time with that person and like, what's going on? And I actually am curious, like there, sometimes there's conversations, but often it's just that like hot thing and it needs to like flare and then it can go out. Mm-hmm. But if you don't let it flare, what it does is it smolders and it just starts like burning down the, you know, foundation of your relationship. Um, not because it exists and you should never be jealous, but Mm. actually because it's never just allowed to flare and somebody go like, oh, wow, that's a beautiful flare. Like now let's, let me love you better. Right. And so then, but fast forward until just recently, it was like two months ago or something. And um, my daughter, who's my partner and I, it's our daughter together. And she kept saying my daddy's best friend, Rachel. And I was kind of like, oh, that's funny, haha. And then she said it like so many times. And I was like, who the fuck is Rachel? I hate this woman. <laughs> Why is she his best friend? And um, and so I, again, like I just texted him and I was like, I was like, who the heck is Rachel? And why does Yada keep talking about her? You know, like I hate Rachel. <laughs> and he texted back and he said, oh, I wish I could tell you you're so cute when you're jealous, but actually you're just so cute all the time. Mm. 
And it was this moment, and then it was just gone. Like that just evaporated the whole thing for mm-hmm. me. And it was partly because he did the thing that works for me. But it was also because it, to me, that I could see, oh, he paid attention. Yeah. He listened. He believed me. He remembered. He didn't care that it seemed silly to him. He did it because it works for me. I really, really love this. And it, I, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I have the best boyfriend. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, is there are people out here listening to this that are like, okay, so that's great, but you, Kendra, are like this embodiment teacher. You have the tools. It's within you. How in the world am I ever going to be able to consciously tell my partner how to respond and know what I need? And, and what if he doesn't remember and, and then he closes whenever I get jealous and then I close and then we got to go to therapy and it's not working? How do we take a step back? and get to this place that you're speaking of, of learning what we want and, and also probably being really patient as the other person remembers and keeps that in mind that what works for you works for you. Absolutely. I I mean, I love that you use the word patience um, because frankly, I think it takes patience with ourselves and it takes patience with others. And again, that doesn't mean pretending that you don't want what you want or pretending that what they did really works for you and it really doesn't or it's not about pretending but when we can bring um patience is definitely a piece of it or a lot of times I'll talk about generosity like I think of that as generous like oh what this is again so this is um and I'll come back to your specific question in a moment but about two years ago my boyfriend sent me an email with like bullet points they were numbered they were like bullet point numbers of things that he was not happy about. And this is, if you knew him, you would go like, that's just so him. Um, He's very linear and like the whole thing. And I could have immediately either emailed him back or called him and been like, why are you sending me an email? Why can't you talk to me about this? But instead I recognized that it was a really big step for him to tell me these things. And so before I even got through the whole thing, I just wrote him back immediately. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you wrote me this email. I love that you shared this. And I can't wait to talk about it. And so to me, that's generous. And 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 it's generous towards myself because I'm, I'm saying, like, I do want more of this from him. And then it's generous to him because it's acknowledging where he's at. And to the other piece around even starting to work with these pieces is, frankly, I think it takes practice. And I don't know that, you know, therapy is always the worst idea or coaching or doing a workshop or doing something where you're actually um, between you and your partner, you're not the only people trying to figure it out. And that often it's in that space where you work with, again, whether it's just like a coach and it's a third person or it's in the space of a workshop where somebody gives you tools and they say, hey, try this. Okay, now do it like this. Okay, shift your body like this. Okay, look at him like this. Okay, breathe, you know, where someone can actually walk you through that and then you get the tools and you're able to go out and and then work with each other to help implement them into your life. And then that's where the patience and the generosity comes in to go, okay, I can see that this person is trying, even if they're not getting like hitting the nail on the head every time. And I can acknowledge them for trying. And then I can say, oh, I would just love it if it could look like this. Or can we try this next time? Yeah. And this, this is so, so impactful. If people can really let this marinate and sink in for a bit, what you, what you, how you responded to that email because if someone is not really recognizing that as a big step for their person, it's mm-hmm. so easy to quickly be like, oh my God, like he's sending me a bullet point <laughs> list of things he doesn't like. Like, are you kidding me? I'm amazing. How come you don't like these things? And then like quickly respond out of defensiveness, which is, I, I feel like that's the typical response. And not, not to say that that's shame on you, right? For people who respond that way, because that's all of our typical response. Like our gut reaction is protect, guard, wall up. I'm not being totally 100% liked right now. 
And you being able to immediately say, oh my God, like, yes, you're saying yes, more please, more of this realness, more of this vulnerability. And that's Mm -hmm. congratulating him. And then that kind of reward system of, oh, I opened up. She likes this. This feels good. That reminds me of that video you did not too long ago about how to let him lead. Mm -hmm. And it was to let him sometimes lead badly and, and lead in a kind of messy way. Mm-hmm. awesome that it was in a list format maybe not super messy but it is letting him like explore and experiment with his own way of showing up yes and I love that you actually brought in that piece around leadership because so again this isn't like across the board men and women I would say this is our masculine and feminine mm-hmm. and often it will show up in this way as men and women so I'm going to use those words but often so like to me this actually was him leading us. And it was a little bit clunky, but I want him to lead our life more. He was actually, he was telling me something that he thought I should do or actually shouldn't do that was around like my business. And I actually want more of that. So that may or may not be true for a a person or a woman, but I hear a lot of women say like, I wish my man would take the lead more often. But often what happens is like, so this is the way he brought it, but I saw it as this form of leadership. And so my saying yes to that was saying like, yes, please try to lead us more often. And then the reciprocal that I would say, and again, this is not across the board men and women, but that something like that that came from a woman, a man could easily receive that as complaint. And that is often the sign that a woman has a desire. And so this is that place where as much as we possibly can, and we're always going to mess it up and forget sometime, but is to look just like one to three layers deeper and go, what's actually going on below the surface here? Oh, she wants something. I actually want more of her desire. So I'm going to say yes to that she brought something, even if it looks a little bit like complaint. Like, oh, he's trying to lead our family. I want more of that. So I'm going to say yes, even though it was a little bit of a clunky lead. I love this. This is a really, this is a game changer, I feel, in relationships, is learning how to let it be clunky at times. Can you give an example of how maybe a very typical example of how women are not letting their partner lead. The women who are like, I really, really wish she would lead. How are we sabotaging this process from happening? Um, let's see. I mean, there's a couple ways that I would say that that happens really typically. And one is, I mean, I don't even know quite why this popped into my mind, but I remember a girlfriend of mine talking about her parents And her mother would complain and complain that her father never helped. But then her father would load the dishwasher. And then her mother would unload the entire dishwasher and tell him how he had done it wrong. Mm. And it's it's a beautiful example Mm because from the outside, we can all go like, oh, my God, you know, he was just trying to help. But but I, I imagine like you and me and anybody listening, if we actually take a moment to step back, we're like, oh, I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, frankly, the dishwasher is a little bit like that. Like, I'm constantly looking at dishwashers and being like, why did they do that? You know, like, it could be so much more effective. But whatever that is, whether it's getting the children dressed, you know, a certain way, or it has to do with the dishwasher, or it's like cleaning the house in a certain way, or it's um, whatever that thing is, and then he does it. But he really, he just doesn't do it right. He doesn't do it quite right. He doesn't do it as well as you could have. He doesn't, you know, whatever there's, there's the initial place to go like, wow, you know, thank you for doing that. Or, and, and sometimes maybe you can guide. And then sometimes it's like, oh, he's going to figure it out if he does it more often. Um, I mean, I don't know much of your listenership necessarily has children, but I think of this with mothers and fathers a lot where dads it, sometimes have to fumble a little bit with figuring out the parenting of children in ways that mothers are so thrown into it right from the get-go that they'll watch dads like walk out without any extra diapers. And you know what? They can probably buy diapers like at a store, like they'll figure it out. And instead of swooping in and being like, oh, here's the diaper bag and here's all the other things you forgot is like, let him find that. And then he'll remember it next time. Mm 
And then he'll, you know, like, like it'll allow him actually to step up in a way that fixing the problem never will. Mm-hmm. So this kind of leads into this other area that I was really eager to ask you about. And this, they go hand in hand, I think. The more I dive into this work around relationships, especially as a single woman, not married, I'm not in an exclusive relationship, but I've been dating a lot over the past couple of years, like really feeling like I'm, I'm reading all the books, I'm doing the work, I'm diving deep, I'm 26 and I still feel really ready for this type of relationship, a really authentic, sometimes eye-gazing, sometimes rough sex, sometimes fighting, sometimes just doing yoga. Like I want the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. And the more that I'm doing this work, I have a deep fear. And my deep Mm -hmm. fear is that the farther I get into this really deep relationship practice of understanding what I want, understanding more about the masculine too. Like Mm -hmm. I'm getting this full picture of what the masculine energy is and how I want it to show up with my partner, especially this topic around leadership and protection and just being very driven and smart, like having your shit together, to be honest. I've I've been around a lot of people who don't. I've talked about this on the podcast a lot, like people who just don't have passion in their their work, don't even have work, don't have a a home or a car, like a lot of the basics. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm wanting the basics and I'm also wanting a deep dive, like a, a man who's doing the work, like I'm doing the work. Okay, getting to the fear. The fear is that the deeper I go into understanding all this, the more I'm disconnecting with the mainstream of men available. Because a lot of men out there aren't doing this kind of work. They're not asking themselves every day, hmm, how can I deepen my own relationship with the masculine within me? What do I look for in a feminine goddess type woman? Like they're not going and sitting in on your conferences and listening to all your videos like I am which I totally get like mm-hmm. okay so maybe this is a limiting belief maybe this is coming from a place of scarcity but if I look at my experiences this is what I am typically used to and so sometimes I just have this simple fear of like oh my gosh do I want to keep learning so much about this because is it going to make me disconnect more from the relationships available to me because they're not how I, I imagine them to be Or is this a call for me to learn how to bring this work into the relationship without being the the leader necessarily? Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, that's, that's, you're just so not alone in that, which I'm sure you know. And, um, I mean, I think there's good news and bad news. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you, you use the word mainstream, like it's disconnecting you from the mainstream of men. Mm-hmm. And that might be true. Like that's sort of the bad news is it might, it might disconnect you to a little bit from kind of the mainstream of men. I wrote an article a while back called the myth of being met in relationship. And, um, and, and that's my basic take on that. There is this way that it's, it's, while I do believe that you can actually be met, you know, and I feel met and I've met many, you know, there are, there are, there's going to be a bunch of men and, you know, these workshops that I'm teaching over the next year. And, um, so there, there are definitely men who are, first of all, actually are interested in doing this work. Um, but there's also, and this is where it goes with what we were talking about before, which is there's the content, um, which is the, like, am I getting the eye gazing or am I getting the, uh, is he asking himself the question about connecting to his masculine? In some way, that's actually the content. And then there's what I would call the dynamic between you. And I believe that each person is um, completely capable of creating the dynamic in the relationship. And not necessarily with every single person, right? And I certainly don't believe that you should stay in like abusive relationships or anything like that. But there's a way, and and I'll use my partner as an example again, which is there's a way that it'd be easy to look at him and see him as relatively normal. 
he doesn't take these workshops with me. And he kind of thinks what I do is a little bit weird. <laughs> and actually, he's very sensitive. And while we don't spend time like eye gazing, the way we do that, there, there are other ways that we connect. And there are, these, there are these other things that it's like, oh, the way that we spend time together in silence in nature. And there's a way that if I'm looking for a specific content and I'm continually feeling disappointed that it's lacking, that is the dynamic that I'm setting the relationship up within. And so it's this, um, this is a much more subtle form of doing the relationship work that you're talking about. So there's like learning the things and understanding what we want and the tips and the tools and the tricks. And then I think there's this really deep and subtle work, which is how do I actually work inside my own uh, body mind is what I would call it. It's like your emotional body, your physical body, your energetic body. How do I work within this whole body mind to create the dynamic with this person that I want to be having? The dynamic where I, whether he could ever use these words or not, I am inspiring him with my feminine energy. And he is um, taking leadership in his masculine capacity, whether he would ever call it that or not. And it, that has actually been my process with my partner, that I didn't sit down and talk to him about what I needed and we didn't have more conversations and I didn't tell him. I just decided like, I know who I'm committed to being in relationship and he'll either want to be with me or he won't. But I am no longer going to wait for him to show up in any particular capacity for me to be exactly the woman that I'm committed to being in relationship. Mm. It's a very empowering stance. It's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Like it's like, it's like ultimate surrender. And at the same time, it's, it is, really empowering actually <laughs> yeah it's really empowering because you you're at this certain point and I I certainly feel that over the past year I've I've reached this point and I'm, I'm still experiencing all these different ways to be committed to it um, and that is being committed to who I am no matter what if I'm single or in a relationship it's the same exact person it's the mm -hmm. same person and so I, I live my day-to-day -day life as a single person as if I was open and ready for a relationship. And I can experience that with my friends, with um, my clients, my sister. Like I can, I can approach our conversations and appreciate people for exactly how they are and still be true to myself. And I used to compartmentalize and be like, all right, with my family, I'm like this. With these friends, I'm like this. With my clients, I'm like this. And this is going to be lifelong work for me of fully understanding how to show up no matter who I am with as the same person and allow them to be exactly who they are and know that that is never a threat to who I am. It's never going to take anything away. I will never be less spiritually connected, less funny, less uh, insightful, less bold. It's all the same. doesn't matter who I'm with. I mean, sometimes, of course, you'll decide to go inward a little bit, maybe go outward a little bit more, but it's still in my core the same person and I can so I'm assuming that what you're saying for the most part like you said um, not someone obviously who is abusive or mm -hmm. certain people no but when it's a person that is open and is in touch with themselves and is wanting to pursue a relationship with you and you are wanting that as well you can have this dynamic it might just be packaged differently from what you're reading in all the books and hearing on all the podcasts. It's going to be unique to you and your partner. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then finding the ways that they are actually providing those things, even if they look different. And um, yeah, I mean, I love what you said. Like, frankly, that's a lifelong journey for all of us. That it's, that's both about the authenticity of being who we are and not being so concerned about, you know, how other people are going to think about us and this kind of a thing. But also what you're talking about is this, is the, um, it is kind of taking responsibility in a sense for, I'm not waiting to feel something until I have a partner or I'm not waiting to live my life a certain way or I'm not waiting. There's this real difference between being 
sort of autonomous and like I don't need anyone. And then what I would call being full, like actually filling yourself up and not waiting to be filled by mm. somebody. Mm. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. This is, wow. Everything is just like gliding into one thing into another so smoothly because this whole <laughs> filling, um, mm. I believe it was you, I think, that I was listening to your video with John Wineland and I think, and, and anyways, it was, there's a part where you, the, I never fully realized how this masculine energy really is about creating a container. Mm. And for some people that could be super woo-woo language. So I would love if you would explain what that means. And, and on the other side, this yin energy, the feminine energy is what fills the container. Mm -hmm. What the heck does this mean? <laughs> one of the ways we talk about it sometimes if we don't say containers we'll say structure like structure mm -hmm. and flow or structure and energy and and again it can be kind of abstract but also really in any moment you can often look and be like oh is if is there is is more structure needed here or is more energy needed here you get um you know it could be two people right like going on a date or it could be a group of people and there's that like Oh, where do we want to go to dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go to dinner? And you could probably see both sides, right? But someone could be the structure and be like, great. So here's where we're going to go to dinner and here's the time. And that's a really basic example of container or structure. Mm -hmm. But you can see how suddenly everything goes like, oh, am I in that structure? Or am I not in that structure, right? Like, am I going to re resist against it? Or am I going to be like, oh, thank God. Someone just gave me like a little structure to rest into. Um, and then, but inside of that, there's also that, like the, the energy that's happening there is like, I don't know, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? You know, somebody be like, Oh, you know what I love, I love Mexican food and didn't necessarily provide structure. Didn't say, let's go to like this place at this time, but was like, Oh, like, and just brought a bunch of energy where suddenly structure might appear from that. I know a great Mexican place. Let's go here at this time. So that's how they co-arise, right? That's actually the dynamic we were talking about before. That if, for instance, you're a woman and you're wanting to practice bringing the energy versus bringing the structure, and you're with a man who's going, where do you want to go to dinner? And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to, you know, like scream because I'm so frustrated that you're asking me. There's actually that place you could be like, oh, do you know what I just love, right? I love Mexican food. Mm. And you haven't told him what to do. You haven't told him when. You haven't given, you just like, you just brought some energy. And then you can just let it sit, right? What's he going to do with it? Mm. This is so good because it's such a daily example. Like I was ready for you to give like this really deep dive of like, this is what it looks like yeah. when you're sitting by yourself, facing each other, holding each other's hearts, eye gazing and how you create the presence. But this is like daily life. This is what it looks like. And going back to the letting him lead, you're, you're sparking something. You're giving him, and then you're giving him the opportunity to, to feel good about creating that direction because a lot of guys, and I think a lot of women forget this, they're insecure about things too. They don't want to pick the wrong restaurant. They don't want to be too dominant. They don't want to lead you into a place or a space you don't want to go. So some men need that extra wink, wink, that hint, that encouragement. And then it almost feels like it was totally their idea. And that's yeah. good. I, I, I like that. I like seeing that type of confidence build and people, and you can feel good about being that energy, being the mm -hmm. energy force and realize how you are contributing to this dynamic. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It's a huge contribution. Um, and that, that, again, that's exactly, it's around creating a dynamic rather than fixing the content problem. And sometimes, because it is more subtle, sometimes it takes a little more time. You know, you could maybe get it handled faster by just telling him where to go and when or telling him what to get you for your birthday or, you know, like, like you could just handle the content problem really fast. But if what you're wanting is to create a dynamic, then you have to be committed to the dynamic. 
And sometimes, you know, this is this does get trickier, and maybe we don't really have time to go into it here, but it's it's this continuing exploration, which is that um, sometimes there's frustration in that, and that is some of the energy. And so if something happens where you feel frustrated, you could completely blow up at him, and that would be one thing. But on the other end of the spectrum, what a lot of people will do, or a lot of women, is like, oh, well, I should just shut that down and pretend like it's good and be nice because they said be generous. And so I'm trying to be generous. I'm like, yeah, I love, you know, Chinese. I hate Chinese, you know, <laughs> and just pretending. And it's this isn't about pretending. So it's finding those ways. He says, like, let's go to this Chinese restaurant at eight o'clock. And you're thinking like, oh, my God, I want Mexican and I have I can't wait until eight to eat. So what do I do? right? What do I do when that happens? And so there's a really different thing of like, actually, I'd really like to go here. And can we please eat at six o'clock? And you could say it really nicely, or you could say it sort of bossly, or there's all these things. But then if, if it's about the dynamic, it's sort of like, oh, gosh, it's been such a long week. And I, I, I just, I think I might be hungry earlier than that, you know, or I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just riffing here. So I don't know exactly what it would look like for each person, but there's a different way to bring an energy and to bring what's actually true without pretending, but also without picking up the reins and just leading the whole. Yeah, part. this is a good example because I, I did this recently where uh -huh. I, I went, um, I went out with someone, we were climbing and it was really fun and it was like. I could tell he was hungry and I was like, are you hungry? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what sounds good? And he's like, oh, well, there's this salad place that's nearby and he doesn't live where I live and there's like so many better places to eat. And I was like, mm, hmm, you know what's even better? <laughs> this spot right across the street and they have all these other options. We can go right there. Does that sound good? And he was like, sure. And he was like super easygoing. And I think that that spot was the only spot like, in that moment being put on the spot that spoke to him. And, mm -hmm. and what I did is I totally saw what I did. I laughed and I was like, whoa, I'm sorry. I just totally took the lead on this one. And I think that was bringing some humor into it, but that's still a place for me to, to learn. So I'm taking notes on this of what are other ways to, to, to politely, kindly, warmly encourage them speaking up about something like this. But also give other options <laughs> yeah and some of that again comes even in the in the pre which is is just to use your example which is you know it sounded like it was really minor and you just caught it and you made humor out of it which and humor is that that's an energy right like bringing it like okay let's um but would be that like oh my god you know what sounds really good is blah 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 you know instead of like well where do you want to go uh yeah and so often, you know, bringing the energy isn't so passive. And it's one of the reasons why I think sometimes the word surrender is a really challenging one, because we've made up that it's very passive. But energy is not passive. And so, like, in that moment, if there's already a desire, like, oh, my God, I'm starving. And you know what sounds fantastic would be a cheeseburger, you know, or these, these kinds of, like, these just these these pieces of inf it's information for him is one piece but there's also this piece where it's like that's just filled with life and energy and it's a lot harder I would say if you're when you're dating there's more nuance to this although again you, you brought John in before but John Wineland and I we do um, at our workshops we actually send people on what we call like faux dates so that they can play with this <laughs> And start to learn the more subtle energetic uh, components of this. Because it is, it is a little more challenging when you're dating. But once you're in a relationship, there can start to be these little like, um, you know, if you've been with someone and they say something and it's just the totally wrong thing, you know, there can be like this tiny little not contracted, like really, you know, closed about it. But it's almost a freeing experience of like a teeny little temper tantrum. You know, maybe he knows that you don't eat dairy but he's just being silly in a moment he says like we're gonna have pizza and you're like mm, and you stomp your foot you know <laughs> like I can't eat cheese I don't like that you know or so, but there's like this and then that, that's actually a release of energy so it doesn't always I'm, I've been giving a lot of examples of where it's um sort of more positive but this can be brought in in those places where there actually is frustration or there's anger or a way to actually bring somebody's attention back 
So you're one of the things, go ahead. Well, I just give this last example and then, but one of the things that happens a lot, like on these faux dates that we send people for is that there's a period of time where the man is responsible for the masculine role. And so he's responsible for the structure and part of structure is time. And that, and this is so common, right? It happens on these dates, but this happens everywhere where the woman who's playing the feminine role She'll, she's aware. She's like, uh, we're going to be late if we don't get the check now. And she's like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, he doesn't seem on it. He's just talking. Like, what's, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And, and there's, again, there's this whole range. But one of the examples John gives that I always love is, is there's telling him or like, I'll just go get the check or these kinds of things. And then just like, oh my gosh, like I was just having such a good time. I can't even remember what time we were supposed to be back. <laughs> and, and again, it's not because you actually can't handle that. It's because you're more committed to the dynamic than handling the surface content. Mm -hmm. So the, the part of, oh my gosh, I'm having such a good time. Uh, I didn't even see the time. That's the part that you're saying comes from the feminine as a way to steer it back. Right. Cause she, okay. she's not saying yes. like, look at the time or did you notice? Or, ah. I'm gonna go get the check handled. She's just like, gosh, I, I like, I just can't even remember what, what time are we supposed to be back? Like you're constantly like, in, you're constantly infusing up. flirtation. And if you're taking in that structure, you're like, I can still be in my flirty nature and be, and contribute to the structure. I love this. Right. Or gosh, I am just so thirsty yeah okay. just wait right and you might like how long am I have to wait for him to see that I don't have any water like, how irritating you know but like oh gosh I'm parched yeah like you're 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 showing <laughs> you're showing who you are you're not just necessarily talking about it like oh my gosh I'm really thirsty I wish that I had water right now like will yeah. you please get me water it's like mmm water sounds delicious in this moment yeah, this is beautiful. And I feel like even on top of increasing the connection in a relationship and, and feeding into that polarity, it's it's a fun self-experiment to see how can you create these other ways to say something and then observe how it how it moves energy through the the relationship or through your partner, the person across the table from you. How did they light up when you speak your feelings in that kind of way, like not this is what is happening, but mm, I feel this way. Like how does that ripple energy through the person in front of you? Do you see things change? Do you see them, their shoulders drop and they're like, oh, I failed. Or do you see them light up because they have an opportunity to help serve you in the moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. so good. I, I just know, like I'm finding I want to just give the little caveat here at the back end, which is, you know, if we were speaking to a room full of men, there's the whole side that they can take on. Like, I'm not saying that it's all the feminine's responsibility or all a woman's responsibility. And we can take full responsibility for the dynamic. And it's actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there's a time and a place to go way deeper into that and the other side. But for my audience right now, I think this is this is something really prevalent in their lives of how do I keep doing this work? I'm coming I'm listening to this podcast and I'm reading the books. How do I keep doing this and also encourage my partner? These, <laughs> uh, these little very specific details and examples you have given are gold. Like sometimes mm. we need these very specific examples of day-to-day life, not just the broad spiritual um, look and take on things, but like a day-to-day example. And these little examples here, which are actually very big, can be transitioned over to so many other things, so many day-to-day conversations that we have to have living with another person or just being in a relationship with another person. So Mm -hmm. thank you for those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Okay, so very last thing. I know we are coming up here on the hour. I just want to ask you a few questions for the Divine Deep Dive round. Mm, Awesome. (laughs) I'm curious. Number one, what is a must-read book that you recommend to everyone? Mm. Gosh, great question. Well, a book that I really do recommend for women, and it's a little bit like not so straight to the point, but just beautiful, is The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. Mm. I have never heard of that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I um, yeah. Well, I won't say a lot about it, but I it's really beautiful, and it comes at some of these things, but from a different angle. Perfect. What are three items you'd take if you were stranded on an island? 
or what you would hope to have? Mm. Gosh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would have a hard time without like my morning cup of black tea with milk and honey. I don't know if that counts as three things. I'm just going to count it as one. That's a new one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty essential for me. Um, Well, I mean, my kids. (laughs) <laughs> I could take all that off the table, but I'm just, I just got to say, like, I, I, my, my kids really, they're extraordinary and they make me, they make me crazy, but they make me laugh every day. Um, and if I was on a desert island, I would absolutely need either like an enormous sun hat or some serious sunblock. Because mm. I'm the whitest people you're ever going to see. <laughs> you are pretty white, but I'm also pretty white, Super so I can pale. say that. <laughs> um, what's a social norm you think is ridiculous? I would like to do away with the question, how are you? Ah. I think there's some other, like, I think, I think the reason we ask it is because we're basically saying, I'd like to be connected to you. Um, and I, I, I just think there's a better question that we can ask each other, or there's some way to get to like, you know, what are you feeling right now? Or, um, is there something you like, how, there's some way that basically says, Hey, I'd like to be connected to you. Would you like to be connected to me? And then we share something. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'm going to like, that really s- spoke to me. Cause I feel I've been feeling that way, but I haven't really put it, like, verbalized it because it's like, this is a part of life. But we are in control of our own reality, and we can totally change the way that we introduce ourselves to people and how we create that connection. So I'm going to think about that, too. Yeah. Uh, Where are you most likely to be found on a Saturday morning? Um, Somewhere in my town. Actually, often probably Saturday mornings would be a day that I would drag the kids out and we would go to the local coffee shop. Um, There's a skate park with a park nearby and yeah, we'll get like bagels and I'll get a cup of coffee and then I'll just sit in the sun and, you know, make them go play. What is one word you absolutely love to use? Mm. Gosh, that's such an interesting question. Well, I love to use the word generous in the way that we used it today in our conversation. Uh, Because to me, that speaks rather to something that we should do or any new structure to put in and more like a way of being that we can aspire to. Like, I want to be generous. I don't have to be generous. I get to be generous. Yeah. Very last question. What is your favorite smell right now? Oh, rose. Absolutely. There's, um, you know, those insanely expensive candles. I think it's like diptych is how you say it or something like the diptyque. Maybe it's French. Oh, I haven't. And they have, um, anyway, they have a tuberose scent and it just, it just totally does it for me. Diptyque. Okay. Yeah. It's D-I-P-T-Y-Q-U-E, I think. Diptyque. Oh, wow. That's weird looking. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm going to check it out. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, actually, thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared today. This, this was so refreshing. I, I you're just such a beautiful soul and the way you describe these complex, big topics and break them down and make them relatable. That's what's going to connect people to this and help us to really make these changes and, and furthermore, better our relationships, both romantic and platonic and everything in between. So Kendra, thank you so much for coming on the Mind Body Musings podcast today. Mm, Thank you. It was such a pleasure. I know we mentioned a lot of videos and a lot of things that have links that will be included on the show notes for this episode, everyone. So if you want to check out all of that and revisit some of the content that we covered today, you can go to maddiemoon.com slash Kendra-Kunov and I will have all of those there. And while you're there on my website, you can go over to the free gifts tab and you'll see I have three free gifts for you. Pick and choose. You can have all three. You can have one. But I would love to see you over there. And last but not least, you can put your comments for this episode on the show notes because I would love to know what spoke to you 
And maybe one of the things that we covered today you're going to implement into your relationship this week. I would love to know what that is. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back on the podcast next Wednesday as always. Have a wonderful rest of your week.